more than the clothes we wear. Style is about the way we move through the world. On this episode of Beyond Style Matters, I talk with the innovative female founders of three dynamic fashion brands that are currently part of TSE's all-Canadian CAFA boutique, Kayla Kay, Biko, and Ai. First up, Kayla Kay, an exciting and colorful collection designed by Catherine Adai, who immigrated to Canada from Ghana as a young girl. Fashion wasn't always in the cards for Catherine, but her passion took hold in 2017, and she bravely quit her job, followed her heart, and became a full-time designer for her own label. The mother of two is now one of the brightest lights on the Canadian design scene proving that talent, determination, and hard work can pay off if you're willing to take a chance. Your creations are all about feeling good, uplifting, empowering. There is such joy coming out of every single piece that you come up with. Tell me how difficult or not that might be for a creative person to really, you know, ride that wave all the time and keep coming up with these exuberant feel-good pieces. Oh, Jeannie, you put it perfectly. So when I started the brand Kayla Kay, I wanted it to be a bit of an homage to my African roots, originally from Ghana, West Africa, which is where most of the prints are from. And I wanted to blend that with modern style and aesthetic for women of today's generation. And the prints give me life literally. So in terms of um, upkeep of style and aesthetic, it's been easier to grow the Kayla K brand because the prints are so bright and so bold and so beautiful and um, that it makes it easy for me to design um, around the styles using the prints. So you, you hit the nail on the head. You said you were born in Ghana. How yeah. old were you when you uh, immigrated to Canada? Seven. I turned seven. I remember I, I had my seventh birthday here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you yes. uh, say about this country and uh, the opportunity that it uh, often affords people? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I always say I'm a beyond proud Canadian and all of my clothes are made in Canada. One of the truly cool things about you that I'm, I'm sensing, you know, I just I feel it from every pore. You just, you know, you've got this fabulous energy. You're a woman's woman. And I say that with such esteem, you know, that I, I praise you for that because we need more women who support women. And one of the ways that I feel you're supporting women, one of the many ways I'm sure besides offering so much inspiration, your line goes up to a size 22. So again, the premise of my brand, Kayla K, is for women of all sizes, races, ethnicities, to be able to partake and to support what I'm doing and to be able to look beautiful in the prints. And I wanted to make sure that it was size inclusive and representative. I didn't want size to be a barrier to anybody to be able to participate or partake in the beauty of the prints and the fashion. Some women feel that, you know, loud, busy, colorful prints are, you know, maybe too much for them if they're a little self-conscious of their bodies. What do you say to those women? I say, go for it. It's one life and the prints are meant to be a statement piece and a conversational starter. And I find when women do wear it, they all come back and say that it, it, they're, it brought out their inner divas, their inner print divas, and it allowed them to be and stand more confident. And if you are a bit more conscious about wearing overall print, consider wearing just a print on top with a solid on bottom or a print on bottom and a solid on top. And you can mix and match it with solid shoes or your accessories, whichever way makes you feel comfortable. Women come in here thinking that they will be overwhelmed by the print and they put it on 
and they don't feel that way. What about age? The question of age, you know, as some of us age, some of us, not me, but some of us <laughs> uh, feel that, you know, they, they don't want to get too loud. They don't want to make too much noise in the fashion department. They have to retreat a little bit. Do you believe that? I absolutely do not. And most of my demographic, the women, are actually aged 30 to 50 plus. And I find that so interesting. And um, I find that the women who are more mature in age, I actually find them more confident. And I think they're at the point in their fashion journeys where they're looking for something that's a little bit different and something that's going to maybe make them stand out more and show more of the diviness that they have. And they come in here not wanting solids or blacks actually wanting a, a statement piece and a piece that they can wear over and over again that they can mix and match we're not doing fast fashion here everything is homegrown cut and sewn by seamstresses by hand and so these are actually classic cut pieces that you know years down the line you can rewear again so age size definitely don't want that to be a barrier to anybody wearing kayla k what's been the toughest nut for you to crack Catherine, in this fashion business in this country? The toughest nut, believe it or not, was actually um, encouraging or convincing store owners to carry my brand. So in the beginning, when I started um, Kayla K, I, before I had a personal space, I, um, I went out to many boutiques and I presented my package and I presented my brand and I got a lot of pushback. And a lot of the pushback I got wasn't even so much of, we don't have rack space. It was more of the clothes are too bright, they're too bold. We don't know where to put you. It's not right, quite right for the demographic. We wouldn't know how to craft the story around you. And so those, um, not even negatives, but those negatives, you know, and I said, I have something great to offer here in a brand and they're just missing out on opportunity to partner with me. And so what can I learn and take from that? And out of that, it encouraged me to do my own, encouraged me to start my own pop-ups across the city. So I would pop up um, every quarter when I have a, a collection and women would come and line up and it was the most amazing experience. And out of that, then I opened up a permanent space and the one, the only of its kind from my understanding in all of Ontario. So I'm proud that out of the negatives of what I've learned and people pushing back on me. Um, but I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have the customer base that I have who continue to support me, doesn't matter what city I'm in. You have an incredibly strong brand because you have an incredibly strong point of view. And that's in this business, you know, goal. That, that, that's really what it's all about. From where you sit, from, from the way you see it, what would you say your brand ultimately stands for? Or what would you like it to stand for? I want Kayla Kay to stand for female empowerment and strength, strength in your fashion, strength in your beautiful size, whatever beautiful size that may be, strength in knowing that when you wear a piece, it's supposed to represent the best part of you. So it's supposed to bring out your boldness. It's supposed to bring out your fashion, the fashion diva in you. I want women when they wear my brand to walk into a room and all eyes be on them, for them to own the room and own that space and just walk confidently, stand tall and high and know that they're wearing a beautifully cut piece that they were able to make their own. Every great conversation needs a pause, so this is a perfect time to talk to you about our sponsor, TSC, who without their support, this podcast wouldn't be possible. 
We've been talking about these great Canadian brands, Pico, Ai, and Kayla K. But you want to see the designs, right? Well, TSC has a curated Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards store where you can find the collection of these great designers and so many more. And that's at tsc.ca slash CAFA. For over 15 years, Corrine Anastopoulos has been handcrafting strikingly elegant and modern jewellery in her Toronto studio while building a beloved brand that truly stands for something. Biko is a timeless and artful collection of eclectic pieces inspired by nature, travel and architecture. And Corrine's exquisite aesthetic and passion for giving back has won her a loyal following across North America. I love fashion, but I feel like our clothing is our canvas to our accessories. So I think accessories really allow you to explore who you are and to show the world who you are. And I feel like they have the power to uplift you, to empower you, to bring light to your face, to make you feel like ready to take on your day in a way that perhaps clothing, at least for me, never really did. There's something about the shine that a piece of jewelry brings that just draws the eye and it makes you feel great. Also seems that there's a more of an air of permanence about accessories like jewelry than clothing. Not that we ever want to promote disposable clothing anymore. We should never go there, but something about, you know, great accessories that you really want to hold on to and, and they become part of your story, part of your own style story. That's so, so true. I feel like accessories and jewelry in particular has like um, an heirloom quality, a quality of storytelling and um, bringing back memories, an air of nostalgia. You know, we gift jewelry so much easier than we'd gift clothing. We hold on to the memory of when that was gifted to us or we gift ourselves jewelry too. Like. And I think just those memories that brings up is really why we want to hold on to them for a long time. And also I feel like sometimes you'll be traveling and you'll buy a piece and it'll bring you back to that place. Yeah, just holding on to those memories and, and sparking joy. Now, what advice would you give uh, women when it comes to building their own little jewelry collection? I mean, a lot of us as, you know, started even as very young girls collecting bits and pieces, but some of us don't necessarily want to hold on to that much stuff. And we do want to acquire new stuff. What, what should women keep in mind when they're shopping for new pieces? You know, be playful. I think some people's play it too safe. So don't be scared to try something new, but also you know, those pieces that make you feel better than the others, you just need to, to, to listen to yourself and see how you feel when you're put, putting something on. And your mindset, your mood will tell you whether you love that piece or not. I know, I know we're all trying not to hang on to too many things, but, but I think jewelry is one of those things that there's always room for. <laughs> Sustainability too is something that's important yes. to you. Uh, yes. How do you uh, come to terms with sustainability? How do you do your bit? Well, uh, everything is made locally in Canada, here in Toronto where I'm based. And it always has been that way. I'm so proud to be made in Canada and um, you know, all ethically, of course, as well. Um, we try to use very little packaging unnecessarily. Our boxes are all recyclable. 
the um, so many pieces are uh, vintage infused as well as much as possible. You have always had a, a strong social conscience of Biko's more than just you know a fashion brand. You really want to do good. Yes. You know that that that's important, and you've got some great ties with uh, philanthropic causes. So talk to me a little bit about that and why the breast cancer uh, cause, first of all, is so important. It's so important for me to give back and rethink breast cancer is a cause very close to my heart. Um, a really close friend of mine and a BICO team member at one point, Nadine Parsons, she was diagnosed with uh, stage four breast cancer and she had passed actually a year and a half later. And I just wanted to find a way to give back. And so I designed a rose gold collection and 20% of that collection is donated to Rethink Breast Cancer. And this is our fourth year now working with Rethink Breast Cancer. Yeah, every year we we um, bring our best sellers uh, back in a new rose gold hue. And I think it's just so special and in memory of her. What would you ultimately ideally hope that that women or or men or you know whoever it is, is that gets a piece of uh, Biko jewelry, what do you hope they get out of the experience of wearing it? It's a dream for anybody who owns a piece of Biko to just feel amazing in it. Like that is what jewelry does. It makes you feel ready to take on anything, in my opinion. So if that if a piece of Biko could make someone feel wonderful, then I think I've done my job. Fashion is a family affair for the three sisters behind Ai. Offering a chic range of vegan handbags, sisters Hannah Kim, Joanna Lee, and Rebecca Ma were inspired by their stylish artist mom, who immigrated to Canada from Korea in the 70s. Growing up, the sisters' fashion fantasies were fueled by religiously watching fashion television together. And when Hannah was diagnosed with a tumor in 2016, their mom suggested focusing on positivity and creativity by teaming up with their aunt, who had a bag manufacturing facility in South Korea. Here you are, three gorgeous sisters, and I do mean gorgeous, Hannah, Rebecca, and Joanna. And you started a bag company that has really taken off. It's a wonderful brand. Let's start by telling me what I means. Well, I means uh, daughters and children in Korean. And the reason why we first had Toronto Seoul in there is because we were all born and raised in Toronto, but our roots are from Seoul, Korea. Wow, that's really interesting. So tell me why this company? Like what made you actually think, okay, let's start this little bad company? Fashion has always been an you know, inspiration in our lives. And I think growing up, my parents immigrated in the 70s and my mom uh, being a fine art uh, student at the time she came to Canada when she was really young. And it was very hard for her to adjust to the Canadian culture. But fashion for her, as she explained to me, was like a universal language. So when she turned on the TV, when she was uh, reading magazines, she connected with it. And that was one way 
for her to connect to the Canadian culture. And so growing up, uh, Rebecca and I, because Joanna wasn't even born yet, we always had magazines at the coffee table, whether it was like InStyle, Chatelaine, Vogue, but also international, like Korean magazines that were like the September issue of Vogue every month. And then, you know, of course, every Sunday we were watching you on fashion television. And for my mom, it was a way to learn English, but also just connect with you know, Canadian television. And so that was a huge inspiration. And growing up, you know, we always knew we want to do something together. And my mom always said, like, I have three daughters, you know, we love fashion, like, what can we do? But we never got around to do anything. And then a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with a tumor. And uh, my doctor told me I had to do chemotherapy for two years. You know, I had to take a leave of absence. And, you know, my mom at the time was soul searching too, because she was like, why is this happening to our family? And so during on one of her quarterly trips to Seoul, um, she visited my aunt's vegan handbag factory in production. And she said, you know what, let's do this as a like, you know, as a family to get Hannah's mind off of her treatments. At the time, we thought she was crazy. And we we're like, what? we don't know anything about, you know, bags. And, you know, we love wearing them, but to actually bring them to Canada, we just threw ourselves in the Canadian gift show. Yeah. And then it was so successful. And then we ended up landing a private label contract with a very prominent Canadian designer. And that was huge for us. But, you know, we just threw ourselves in there and we started to learn um, how to create you know, every bag with um, my aunts, artisans and their designers. And then that's how I was born. What is the the style philosophy, let's say, of I, if you had to really boil it down and say, you know, this brand is really all about... Well, I mean, the interesting part of it is like when we first started this um, brand, we always wanted to create pieces that all of us could wear. And that if you look at all of us, we all have different styles. And, you know, Joanna's the Gen Z in our family. And so, you know, my mom is in her 60s. And, you know, so when we create something, we always create pieces that we love and that you could style in so many different ways. And, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, a lot of people weren't putting together, you know, fancy bags with sweats, but my mom was always about, it should be versatile pieces should be going from night to day. So some of our pieces actually like the city tote, um, it's a large tote bag for work, but then there's a clutch inside that you could just take out and go to go out at night. So we wanted things to be very versatile and not very style specific. To, mm-hmm. What have you found the biggest challenge to be in not only starting the brand, but really bringing it up to a certain level and then having that success continue? What, what's the toughest thing? I think um, one of the things was when we first worked together, just kind of learning to work um, well together, because obviously we are sisters. So we, um, in the beginning, I will admit we did argue a lot. <laughs> um, and there's a saying um, that when you work with your family, it's 10 times harder. But I think there's also a saying in that, that it's so rewarding. And I think it's quite interesting actually how our business runs just because we're all so different and we have um, different talents, but we really kind of fit a puzzle. I feel like if one person 
were to um, come out of that, it would, really wouldn't work. So I'm very grateful for that. You're really on your feet here in Canada. Why, why is that important? Why is this country uh, so important to you when really, in a sense, you have two homes? I mean, you do feel very close to uh, your Korean roots, too. I think, um, you know, uh, one of the reasons being is that, you know, we, we obviously grew up being Korean and being um, so immersed in the Korean culture. And that was something our parents really instilled in our values. But um, we are very proud to be Canadian. And I think that's something to make a small impact, even if it is in the fashion industry, it's something that's so important to us. So I think it was kind of natural for us to, you know, create our roots strongly here. And, you know, growing up in Canada, we always learned about, you know, recycling and respecting the environment. So that was kind of a natural choice for us to be a vegan brand. We actually get asked that a lot, you know, why do vegan? Yeah, it was kind of like our first choice. In terms of a dream then, where where do you see this company going or where would you like to see it go in the next 10 years even? We definitely want to expand on further beyond accessories. And we have a few ideas that are in the work, but we really, really want to keep our brand sustainable. And our whole business philosophy is built on not overproducing and only producing when there's a need. Yeah. And I yeah. think um, also over time, because we have so much control over the production, we um, take into account the buying trends of our clients. So if we see that something isn't doing well, we always retire it um, or maybe we'll bring out a new color or change it in that way. Um, even with the designs, you know, over time, if we find that something's not working or if it can be better, we only change that. And then we each try on that piece and make sure we all love it and tweak it until before it goes into production. Thanks for listening. New episodes of the podcast will be coming at you every other Monday. You can watch Style Matters Thursday on TSC or online at the tsc.ca website. Till next time, I'm Jeannie Becker.